sharing huge space. Look how fast he's going. Polar opposite to the conditions he won in Lords. Rain soaked Lords. They're getting the last step down. The crowd is roaring. He is going to do it. He's going to smash the time. Downhill racer and our expert here today, Andrew Needling. Hello and how's it? Welcome back to the show. This is Moving the Needle podcast. If you're new to the show, thanks so much for downloading. You old listeners, appreciate the support, the reviews, all the direct messages. Man, I'm having a good time with it. And I'm super excited because I'm launching a new podcast series for 2021. This is the Crank Brothers Race Review with me, your host, Andrew Nietling. I've teamed up with Crank Brothers this year to create a new series of podcast episodes that break down the action from each and every World Cup downhill race. Along with this episode previewing the season ahead, I'll be bringing you a new review episode after each race with a selection of different co-hosts. Well, we're going to discuss the ups, the downs, the ugly, the funny, the dirty, give you some insight into what is going on in the world of downhill racing. Crank Brothers is synonymous with the DH Racing Circuit, and last year celebrated 10 years in a row of elite world champs wins with a mallet DH pedal. Just think about that for a second. 10 years in a row. Well, determined to improve the shoe and the pedal interface for riders, Crank Brothers spent the last two years developing their own range of shoes. Launching late last year and in 2021, we'll see those shoes in use on the World Cup DH Circuit with riders like Lucas Shaw, Bernard Kerr, Angle Suarez, and of course, world champs Osen O'Callaghan and Camille Blanchet, as well as many more. I've been working with Crank Brothers all through my DH racing career. I got on the pedals, the Mallet DH, all the way back in 2004. So I've seen what they've done to develop that pedal. And now to see what they've done to combine it with a shoe, well, the interface is amazing. You literally just bolt those cleats on, They've got slots that go really far back because us downhillers, a lot of the Enduro guys like to get the cleat far back, really get some support and stability in the feet and your heels. So I love it. The comfort is also good. They've got some pretty damn cool colors. Well, my co-host for today is Sven Martin. Well, he shoots for many clients on the DH circuit and the Enduro circuit, and he also proudly runs Crank Brothers pedals and shoes. But you know what? Let's get right into the preview of the 2021 World Cup Downhill Circuit. So as mentioned, we've got Sven Martin, who does shoot for Crank Brothers, uh, mentioned they're going to support the podcast, which is awesome. And Sven and I go way back. If you haven't heard some of the podcasts I've done with him, some bench racing one, as well as a cool episode I did with him. We're kind of like uh, brothers from another mother. We, we fight like no other, but often for the greater good of the sport. So I'm looking forward to getting into some bench racing this season. Sven's going to be a regular. Sven, you or, you're over in Italy already? Yeah, over in Italy. Uh, saw an elite downhill race last weekend with a couple of the main players we'll see this year. So that was good to get the eye back in. Because um, I've got to admit, in the off season, although I do troll through, no, not troll through, scroll through social media, maybe a bit definitely of troll. Because well. every time I post and I forget to tag you, or I'm editing it later. I get a WhatsApp before it's even uploaded. It seems. I'm just keeping people honest on the internet. Um, so, <laughs> but I do switch off a little bit, and 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 you know, you kind of get an idea of how things are, how people are progressing. But 
you know, man, it's been a long time. So my, my memory, I might, I'm going to forget certain people that, that are probably going to go ahead and win a race. And we might not have spoken about them in this podcast. Hopefully we don't both blow it. Well, I think forgetting or speaking a little bit of uh, bench racing or honest truth uh, might motivate some of these riders because we obviously both have relationships with a lot of them. And we're trying to be unbiased from now the media side for me as well and you. So um, I think a break is good. The Italian races, I assume you saw Loris or was he not at that one? Because he's been doing a bit of racing all over. He was at the one before. I was at the one where Loic broke his heel. Um so, and, uh, yeah, so that was a good one. Brooke was there and a bunch of, a bunch of fast people were there. And Loris Ravelli actually took the win, um, convincingly. Uh, and that's a name we'll probably see a little bit higher up in the rankings consistently this year. So with last year being so odd, you know, 2020, we had, we did have four races, but only two venues. It was late. It was in October. We had Worlds as well, which was, you know, exciting for us at home, but probably not that exciting for some of the riders with the conditions. But you would think, hey. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was exciting for them. Some of them choose to embrace it. Reese Wilson, and he won. Some of them choose to complain and they didn't finish where they could have and should have. Yeah, I do think uh, 2020 for some riders, a lot of them just wanted to get it out the way, get it in the rearview mirror reset for 2021, which they thought would be back to normal. But with it being so late, it would be easy to carry that momentum over if you could stay motivated. But now we already lost Fort William. So if we look at the venues, we're only going racing in June again. So they actually have quite had quite a big off season. Yeah, I mean, people were dreaming to schedule a race in the uk in june as well as the uk are doing with the vaccination now um enduro world series started their whole season a month later than the world cup and and yes there's been some adjustments and tweaks to the calendar but it was just bad you know you don't plan it was just it was never going to happen so yeah well, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about the season because, you know, I'm excited that all these guys are going to get going. We're all looking at the Instagrams and you can, you can, you can sense uh, there's a bit of nervous energy, there's excitement. Um, but if we look at the, the races, I'm just going to pull up some of these notes. So unfortunately, Fort William's been cancelled. If you've been living under a rock, there's your news. That was set for May 23rd. It was always going to be a challenge. Sven, you've always been pretty vocal on being... Uh, realistic about you know how long it's going to take to get us back to some sort of normal we'll never be quite normal so the guys are set to race Leogang Austria um on the 13th then July they're going to be in Leger France Maribor's been moved to August then they've got world champs in Italy um, and then Lenza Hyde and then Snowshoe looking at that season I mean we've got some pretty good varied uh courses there I think they've Got the riders a pretty damn good series. Unfortunately, just not enough races, if you ask me. But you know, we, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, there's there's a chance because Fort William is technically postponed, not cancelled. So there's a chance that will come in late September. But there's also a chance Lusa World Cup organisers stuck their hands up and said, "Well, we we would be happy and willing to fill an empty slot at Fort William. Can't do it." So we never know. We might be surprised by it with an extra race in the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, let's, I mean, I was hoping I was going to see some of those double headers, huh, Sven? You know, we were like, yeah, let's have a few double headers within reason, but they haven't been able to implement that. And But like you say, let's hope for the best. There's easily 
enough time in the calendar to maybe sneak in some more races? Well, there is and there isn't. There's a there's a global calendar, and you know, um, even like the problems with West Virginia. Currently, if there was a race in West Virginia, um, anybody going the next weekend after to Finale and Pietro Ligura Enduro World Series wouldn't be able to race because coming from the US, you would have to quarantine for ten days or five days plus a test in Italy, and um, yeah, and. In the middle of the season to have to quarantine between countries, um, it's it's you know you can't there's not enough time to do that. Some countries offer exemptions for uh, work or race purposes, which gets some of the people like some of the races can do without quarantine, but then some of the support staff or some of the media can't qualify under that. So it's yeah, it's not it's you know a series organizer, race organizers nightmare that these past two years and. And I'm sure it'll affect a little bit next year too. I don't envy them one bit. That is leading no. me to some of the subject lines is the challenges of these race series or the season in 2020. So you, you, you opened up that can of worms. So we're obviously seeing, hearing a lot of riders. UK got put on a red list for Austria, right? First World Cups yeah. there. So you've seen a lot of riders preempt that. They're out there training. Some riders were training at home, but now they've got to get over and avoid a quarantine if they can. So... Like you said, those challenges, get around quarantine, sneak over the borders. I've got some awesome videos from some riders I won't name. They're cruising over the border on their bikes. Someone's obviously picking them up on the other side. They're in Austria. But like you say, so say you normally go home for a break and that helps you reset, which is a which I think is a bit of an advantage for the European and UK riders. But now you've got to be aware of that and say, cool, I'm not going to go home for two weeks because I might have to quarantine or quarantine on the way back. I'm going to stay out in Morsi and all those sort of things. So it's more like a few riders might get forced into treating a season like an Australian, a South African who's just away from home four or five months, three months. Not that yeah. long, but there's going to be that challenge thrown on a few of the UK uh, European riders. Uh, I've got no, you just touched it right there. I've got no sympathy for them. They're professionals. The Kiwis and the South Africans, the South Americans, they can all do it. They can all stay in Europe. They can all live in vans. You know what? If you paid to ride your bike and it only adds up to now what um, six, you know, if you're talking about race runs, you're getting paid a lot of money to do 30 minutes of riding your bike in a whole year. So if you're complaining about having to stay in Europe for two weeks in Mozine, um, then you got the wrong job. I'm sorry. <laughs> Brilliant. I I agree. There's bigger problems in the world than not getting home to an American burrito or. Uh, uh, a, a nice curry back in back in England. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely don't have sympathy. I I think it'll be good for them to realize what some other riders are sacrificing, willing to go through. But factually, I think it'll wear on some of them. Like you say, if some of them make it a big deal, it's a big deal. If otherwise other guys embrace it, it it, it won't be as such. You know, speaking to Kurt Vores was an awesome chat, and he said he loved it. He couldn't wait to get to Europe. All the culture, you know, trying different food. So with that attitude. He could perform in Europe. He was positive. But if you have the attitude that you're pissed that you can't go home for, for two weeks, you know what? Like you say, it's a professional sport. We are where we are in 2020. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and who manages that, who doesn't. And then every week, it's like there's different rules. So yeah, I, I think uh, I think you're totally spot on. There's no sympathy here in, in the, the booth of podcasting. You guys need to get on with it. No. We all did it. It's part of the game. 
yeah, I mean, it's 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 yeah, it's definitely, you know, the problems are there. Like just like you mentioned, the UK guys, the choice was come to a country where it's not on the red list. Like um, a lot of the British writers are in Italy now. Dan, a media fellow media, Dan Hearn, is staying at our house for ten days so he can freely travel to Austria. The alternative would have been travel five days or six days ahead to Austria, quarantine and then retest and then he could work, you know, which I think a lot of people are doing that option. The slew of riders at the Schladming not a race um, that have just arrived technically should not be in public for five days before they assimilate into society. Um, but uh, so that's what they're doing. Okay, you're not the quarantine Batman. You're the Instagram internet mountain bike Batman. So just chill on, chill on that. So yeah, when we released this, there would have <laughs> <laughs> there would have been a pre-race in Schladming. I, I called some riders. I spoke to some riders um, uh, before we get back there, Sven. Um, so that one, Sven's talking about those results will be out. It's not a race, whatever it is, but it's only from halfway down the track because they can't close the full track. So I don't think it's going to give us as much info as we actually hoped because we were hoping to do this after we got some of those results, but it's only kind of half a track and it looks, some of it looks a bit bike parky to be honest, compared to normal. It looks, it looks like all, it's quite sad. Um, it's, it's, it's a double edged sword, this bike park, there's more places to ride and you've got amazing sculpt features which is, you know, sustainable for a bike park. But make no mistake, what they're riding this weekend is is nothing like the Schladming. We all all know, you know, this cut up steep, all the all the race defining defining moments from Schladming like no longer exist or not take that way. They're on the main bike park, and it's just really looks amazing to ride, but it's not Schladming, you know. So so it's almost like practicing for old Leo Gang versus new Leo Gang. Um, but yeah, it would have helped to do this after that race. But it's also good to like not cheat and let's do it with our gut feel. Yeah, so hopefully when you listen to this, it's before Leo Gang, the World Cup. And I mean, let's jump into the 2021 season, Sven. We're going to get way more races than, than we got in 2020. We've got some riders back from injury. We've got some riders announcing that they are injured coming in. I, don't, I mean... Where should we where should we start? I mean, I I think Matt Walker and 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 Loris Vergier should be the men that deserve to be you know heading off this this podcast with you bench racing supported by Crank Brothers. Speaking of that, you've been riding the shoes for a while, eh? Yeah, I've had uh, been riding the shoes from from early last year, and actually we live next door to the original in Laguna Beach, and like early 2000s to like mid 2000s we lived next door to where Crank Brothers was started in a in a house in Laguna Beach Canyon and then they moved into big office just down the road Anko used to work walk to work with just her coffee and muesli to like two houses away so um, a lot of history with Crank Brothers and it's good to see some of the same people still there um, you know 20 years later and, and then also all the new development and, and exciting things that they're doing and yeah um, shoes it's kind of like a, a no-brainer to have if you make pedals to make the shoes too and you can really just get those contact points perfect yeah I mean that was one of the challenges I mean you you dragged me down to Crank Brothers we met the guys but you know 
when you're so used to one thing to go to something so different, they were very innovative. And, and looking at that pedal versus some other pedals at the time, I was a little yeah. bit hesitant, but you said, just try it, just try it. And, and the minute I got used to it, it was, a, it was like a no-brainer, especially in the mud and all that. So the history is, yeah, it runs deep. I remember it's 2004, we go down there and, we, and I was testing those pedals in Laguna Beach. And um, once I got onto them, I finished my racing career with them from 2004 to 2016. So it's awesome to be full circle working with them. And it's so cool because you shoot photos for them. And then they said, hey, what you're doing is awesome. We, we have a passion for racing. Racing. And they're like, You've, we've got the last 10 world champs winners on our pedal. And, it, and it's, it's so cool that we can all work together in the industry to promote the riders, innovate and, and all that. So, mm. yeah, thanks to them for coming on board and for you to hop on. But um, let's hit it off, man. We've got Matt Walker that I think was the, one of the big riders and Loris. There were, there were many that embraced the 2020 season and took it as a chance to up his training get more reps and he came out firing with Loris obviously Loris had that issue at one of the races which kind of derailed his title chances but Matt Walker I think has a bit of a, a point to prove because he didn't win a race but he's got he's got maturity that I think will help him deal with the expectations of being world cup champion reigning world cup champion yeah I, I see um I mean let's be honest Loris is going into the season favorite in my in my eye anyway. You spend time with Matt Walker and, and you're right on all those points. But um to me, Loris was a standout performer last year and he will be and he already is the beginning of this year, if you've um seen some of the, the two weeks ago Italy race race footage. And um I honestly think he's gonna start the season um with the win. If it's not Reese Wilson that, that doubles it up at um Leo Gang, who could quite clearly do that. He backed up his world champs win with qualifying first in, in Maribor and, and then got um, his big crash and, and, and concussion. Um, so, yes, Matt Walker. What, what, what's interesting about Matt Walker, there's a lot of like the new crop of top riders are quite chill and they're fun and they like – like Almery and Loic, you know, they, they, they interact with their fans and it looks like they're having a lot of fun. Not saying Matt Walker's not having fun, but he's almost more like a focused Fabian Burrell, Nico Vuillot. He's going through the processes um, and he's like just doing what the foundations and, and what he needs to get done. And as a result of that, when, it, when you look at overalls at the end of the year, that's the, you know, the cream rises to the top because he's probably not going to have a wee point and he's, Bad races are probably not going to be too bad, um, but then is he going to get wins? You know, I'm sure he he aims to, um, but you know, it takes that little bit of extra spark to get to get the win. And and you know, it's all about finding balance. And and he'll he'll possibly if he's already found the consistency, um, but you know, will he be able to find a win? We'll see. Yeah, I think that's the question mark with Matt, and I think us trying to be unbiased, look from the outside. I agree with all your points. I, I, I wanted to give him the courtesy, winning the series, delivering under pressure. Yes, you can say he had some help or 2020, but he was the man that delivered when it really counted. I mean, that was a, a rising to that occasion with the leader's jersey on, with it raining a little bit and being so young. Yeah, he's got that maturity. But you're totally right. He's just goes about his process. 
he has a lot of fun, but he doesn't really show it on social media. He's got super bikes that he goes and rides with his dad. Like he, he, he's really into, into the sport in that way. But you're totally right. So he trains in South Africa, but I've got to know him when he was a junior in Morzine, and he's like a sponge. He was like a sponge back then with Mark Beaumont, uh, asking questions, just going about his business. And then I reached out to Mark. I said, come, he's on the podcast. I need some dirt. He's a junior. He must, you know, all juniors do stupid shit. And Mark literally replied, he's like, I got you nothing. I got some videos of me trying to, you know, lead him down a stray or pushing him into a pool. And I just couldn't get anything from him. And then he rocked up, said, let's go ride your, your side. I'll ride through from Stellenbosch. We'll go trail riding. And he's so professional. He doesn't give a shit. He, um, he rocked up in Lycra and I took one look. I said, I thought we're going trail riding. He said, oh, but it's hot. And, you know, I've got to do two, three hours today. So this is just more efficient. He doesn't, you know, he just gets on with his business. So I think that'll be the question mark, but I totally agree. I can't push back on you and, and create any animosity here yet because Loris is the man on form, won the most races, and has been absolutely flying. You've got, if you've got other riders in the paddock talking about Loris and these preseason races on a new bike, which means you're forced to test more, you're motivated to get used to the bike, so you end up spending more downhill bike time, and you don't, you're not burnt yeah. out. It's not the same bike you've ridden and tested for four years, or whatever it was with Santa Cruz. You know, you, you're like super motivated, you're energized to get that new bike working, and it's a new high pivot, I must say as well. So, yeah, I mean, you cannot, if someone said, put your money where your mouth is, I have to go with Loris, and especially at the first round, because he's fostered Leo Gang as well. Yeah, well, we don't really know who's fast at Leo Gang in the dry. Um, it could be two different tracks. Um, well, I mean, the past race series, you can Gwyn's foster, Greg's foster, Lloyd's yeah, foster. Yeah, that's that's only half the track now, Andrew. That, that track yeah, is, so is, you're talking is about the lower two, half. The track is clearly two parts, and and. Um, the lower half is where the race was won and lost um, last year, and and partly because of the weather. But the lower half will be where the race is won this year as well. Um, the top splits, even I mean the guys are all professionals, so even if you have like Greg doing his best top split, it doesn't guarantee him the win on the bottom split because there's too much to be made or lost in, in the bottom. So. And they all should be trading that they all should be within a certain margin of each other on that top split because that's really just about nailing your line and being fit and maybe nailing that one technical, depending on how they tape the the old wood before the jumps um, that was catching everyone out in the rain, you know, that would jump over the, over the stump. Um, so that's the only technical bit on that top bit. Um, but then again, they always take the tracks a little bit different, which which has outcomes. But yeah, so I, I think Leo Gang, it used to bore me a bit because it was a kind of a predictable like um, venue. But um, I'm real excited to see how that bottom track races now that it's been you know bedded in and under different weather conditions, or maybe the same weather conditions. We'll see. Yeah, we don't know. I mean, you can get afternoon showers in, in, in Austria very easily. But I, I agree and disagree. I think it is going to open it up to more riders that can, say, be within touch at the top half of Leo Gang. Now we're actually talking just Leo Gang. But the bottom will be more bed in, but it is more technical. It is steeper. I mean, it, it's a, it was horrendous in the wet. Um, it'll not be as horrendous. But yeah, I mean, that's a good point. 
We don't quite know. We can't just say it's going to be the Gwyn show because he's won there the most or Loic and Loris or Greg. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different different ball game. Yeah. Speaking of that, I mean, to me, I got to oh. move. I want to move on to Loic, but I almost want to move on to Manar because he also won a race and Loic also won a race. So where do you want to go with this? Uh, well, actually, since we're just talking about um, Leo Gang in that bottom section and, and we didn't see him much at all last year, up until he crashed um, in train, uh, I think it's run before qualifier, uh, pretty much the fastest person on the track at Leo Gang in training at World Champs um, was uh, Laurie Greenland. And um, he just looked like consistently fast. People would like either make the section or they wouldn't because it was so muddy and rutted. And, and, and uh, Laurie new helmet sponsor all the rest was just hitting it every time so so we don't actually know what his he was peaking last year so it's going to be interesting the odd rider like him and then reese wilson we didn't see the rest of the year you know even though they didn't feature in the overall last year or in the world cup series um yeah well but you know that's that's just my uh opinion for leo gang um, we mustn't forget about someone like laurie no, definitely not. I was going to say, let's do some Leo Gang predictions later on and we can rehash them. But uh, um, I agree with that. I think Laurie's kind of just not been there, but there's been reasons for it. The pace, like you said, has been there. There's just been some things in and out of his control where you just haven't seen him on the on the leaderboard and the overalls. Basically, a year or two, I, I, I re-listened to our bench racing going into 2020 and, and he came up again. Because, you know, he's had a win and, and all those things. He's got the speed. Can he put it together on all types of tracks? Well, if you look at these tracks, there's not like a standout one where some guys suffer. You know, some guys suffer at Fort William or some guys suffer at a flatter track. You know, some small guys. But these are pretty techie tracks. You're up to speed. You're not having to make too much. So Laurie Greenland will be awesome to see what he can do. Uh, he seems fired up. He seems positive on his social media. I reached out to him. We chatted a bit. He's, he's keen to come chat on the podcast or whatever. And then, yeah, Reese Wilson. So we're just going to go around in, in circles here. Who cares? Reese Wilson. So he was riding on, an, on another level there. He, he honestly was one of the guys that embraced last year's season, last year's conditions. Uh, they've just released a cool video of him. He, he comes from hard, hard background, hardworking background through his dad and stuff. So he doesn't care about the rain, the wet. But Maribor first run, he's riding with confidence and it's piss wet. What does Reese Wilson do in the dry under normal conditions with a full stack field? I think his speed and that race result is going to help his confidence. So I do, I do see him as... It's not, a, it's not a wild card, but one of those guys that could really get straight in the mix of, say, the normal top five. Yeah. I mean, imagine winning world champs and then there's no footage to document that momentous achievement of your career. <laughs> I mean, how can... How can um, I don't even think that one's a Red Bull... TV one because uh, the world champs is filmed and set up differently. Um, but how can how can the TV production crew blow it that badly? They they are literally filming every rider go down the track, 
it doesn't matter that they're not in the last 20 and to not have those recorded backed up somewhere while the person in the production office is choosing who to show on screen um i think somebody should be fired for that <laughs> that's a, a harsh word because we don't know what happened but yeah maybe we can oh, wait, i know what happened they missed his run <laughs> and there's no excuse as simple as that yeah <laughs> it was an incredible run uh, last year. Well, you world, don't even know that. Trip. I know that. No, I no, I, I know that, but I, I choose to give everyone the benefit of the doubt that there's potentially a reason. It's not a, I don't at care point, that there's a reason. I want to see the run. Filming, if you're filming world champs, that's the top tier of sports filming. There is no benefit of the doubt. As you fucked up, you missed his run. What the fuck? <laughs> but oh, on that point, it is world champs, so it's like a weird order. You chose to have a weird running order, then you've got to Film don't every, every on, run. On, don't get me started on the rankings and the protected and all of the rest. That's there's there's absolutely we want to get you started because then you won't stop. But um, so let's let's um let's uh, agree that we wish we would have seen that run one hundred percent. The run deserved it, and uh, I can't wait to see the rest of the runs. Uh, I think he's part of that new crop of riders that's exciting. He, he, you know, he's he's happy to post shrimp in turns on Instagram. He's pretty wild and loose. Um, he's fun. Um, I think he's good for the sport. He's like the new French riders as well. So that's going to be exciting. Like, are you talking? You talking about Reese? Yeah, I got a little man crush on Reese's riding. Well, I think, of course like, you do. It's course, awesome. No, you don't. You got a you got a man crush because he's a fellow golfer. Oh, I didn't even. Yeah, I mean, if if that's oh, what he, he, if, he didn't even. That's all if, he posts about is his if, golf and his golf and some moto and then some 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 good looking skirt. If that's what he uses to switch off and distract himself, I mean, that's one of the most frustrating sports in the world. So um, some people say it's not a sport, but we'll, we'll agree to disagree there. But um, yeah, I mean, he's he's switching off from riding. He's obviously trying to find a bit of a balance. But yeah. Um, Hope for a game with him. I already had a game with Greg. We can we'll we'll chat about Greg. And yeah, who who would win out of who's the best golfer? You like? Uh, it'd be interesting to see. I'd like to see you. Well, can Reece, we? Well, are and, we playing with handicaps or without handicaps? I I, I just want okay, to see well, who wins the game. Well, I, I, I don't mean, know anything about I don't know anything about handicaps. I kind of know about handicaps, but I just want to see who wins. Who's the best? Well. You'll see in the video that gets released or might have been released when I go visit Greg. Greg was quite excited to play golf, and I don't think he would have been excited to put money on the game against me. Let's just put it there. He had to fabricate a story to win a prize against me, basically. So I don't race anymore. I've got more time to go play golf, so I'll just leave it there. But he's got you on surfing, though. Surfing? I don't claim to surf. Well, actually, no, you've seen me yeah. surf. Um, I'm... Jeffrey's Bay. Yeah. I can surf. I'm not good at surfing. No, Greg will smoke me at surfing. I think he's pretty decent. He goes a bit. Um, anyway, yeah, it'll be anyway, cool to get... surfing, we're, yeah. losing we're... The, we're losing the listeners right here. Hey, mate, maybe some of the listeners like to surf. Maybe some of them like to frustrate themselves with the angry sticks. I don't really know. So we are losing it, but that's a point. But then um, let's jump to the other guys that, that won races. Loic Bruni. He was definitely distracted coming in. I, I think that delayed season hurt him almost the most. He was like visually, verbally frustrated. He was saying he's distracted. He doesn't know how to get into race mode. But boom, he reels off a win at the end of the season. So I think he was one of the guys hoping that that season would just be in the rearview mirror. But then he quickly 
got back to his winning ways and realized, hey, I'm a professional. I could use some of this momentum going into 2021. But he's just released that he's fractured his heel. So mm. huge question mark. He's probably going to come in injured. It's going to take him some time, I think, to be at his best. Yeah, well, a heel is yeah. The extent of the injury is never never known, and how bad it holds you back. Um, it happened the day before I arrived at the race in in Italy, and the guys said it wasn't too bad, but it was sore. So he was taking precautions. It was obviously worse than everyone thought. If there's a fracture, but he also did mention that he would try race in Schladming this weekend. So if he was willing to try ride his bike a week after fracture happened it, it might be quite minor but yeah. um but i guess injuries you just you just can't speculate on we, we don't know what they're going through and how it will affect them and he it would definitely be frustrating because he's also another process driven person his season and it's, it's training and you know it goes boom 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 and he's got to have everything neat and in a row but then also he's become one of the strongest men strongest riders mentally so part of that strength is dealing when things are you know when he is throwing a curveball um, and he probably figured that from last year he realized that he just you know he peaked at the end to old Loic, but he couldn't handle so i'm sure he would have got you know he would be better prepared this year to go you know not with things not running smoothly so perhaps this one won't um, affect him as as bad as it could have lost you. Yeah, I mean, it's now, when we're recording this, he's had a week, week and a half, maybe even more, uh, a fracture. No, he's had four days. Four, four days. days. When did it happen? Yeah. If we're recording this? Saturday. Okay. Saturday. So, uh, six days. Okay. So, he's going to have maybe two, two and a half weeks before Leo Gang, but he's going to try to ride a Schladming. Yeah, look, it's yeah. no point speculating. You can say, okay, it's not really in an area that moves. He can support the heel. But there might be some pain, and but no issue with strength or being able to be committed. Or it could be the opposite. He could literally be just have no kind of support in that heel. So we don't know, but he's coming in with a big injury question mark, which might mean he like rides into the season. So Leogang could be damage control. It's one of the smoother tracks, except for down the bottom, but it gets steep, but it's not that bumpy down the bottom. So who who knows? We're just speculating there. So that's a bummer, but that's part of the sport. I mean, that's literally is part of the sport. So um, yeah. someone who is not injured, touch wood, is Greg Menard, someone who we always feel like saying, oh, he can't still perform. He's getting too old. You know, it's not possible. I sp everyone I speak to is like, it's one thing training and forcing yourself to be motivated, but to to up your speed, to hang with these youngsters, to stay at World Cup level speed is something else. And I agree with that. Uh, at some point, you know, I know, you don't feel like hitting the ground, but he seems to be able to block that out. And that's uh, Greg Minar. He, he came out swinging with a win. Um, he's basing himself in Andorra, which means he does get more downhill bike time than in the past. Um, he's yeah. embracing being over in Europe. Um, he's got his longtime girlfriend over there traveling with him. So maybe it's not as draining to be away from home. He's sort of brought home with him. And uh, yeah, I went and stayed at his house and, and it's the classic Greg. There's, there's so much work, but there's so much balance. There's, hey, let's go play golf. 
I'll have a beer because you're up here. We won't have too many. Oh, by the way, we're getting up at 4.15 tomorrow. We're going road riding. And you're coming. Yeah, those guys are, so, those guys out there love their 4 a.m. road riding. Yeah, so I, I was like, Greg, but you, do you wet your bed? What, why do we have to go at that time? There's so many other hours in the day. But he, he gets up, it's done. As well as the the roads there are not like down in the Cape in South Africa. They're so narrow. Like we, you have to go before the traffic, and there's no kind of um, yellow line to give you a bit of space. But the the thing that he's done, he's added Alan Mulway to his strength and conditioning. Um, he has been training like this on the road and consistently. Yeah, he might. He doesn't really miss a day. He might go running if it's raining. He's done that for over twenty years. So we all know the the power, the strength, the training. It's it's always there. But he's able to stay balanced in the off-season, sees mates, they give him a, such a hard time, say, on the golf course. And then when he gets over to Europe, it's all business. Back on the downhill bike, testing, you know, that, that drive. I chirped him, I said, shit, so you're 40 next year. So he's going to be like 39 if I've got it right in November, right? So, or, or he is 39, I don't know. He's turning 40 in November, which means next year he's going to race as a 40-year-old, something like that. I said, it'll be cool to race at 40. So you're obviously not going to retire at the end of this year. And then he says, well, it'll be cool to win at 40, wouldn't it? That's the goal. So that just keeps him going. Yeah. I mean, Kelly Slade is 47 or 49. And he's a good chance we'll see him in the Olympics. He's like the third ranked American surfer, which is his first alternate. Um, and still finaling at Pipe Masters last year, December, um, amongst the world's best, you know, just out of being teenagers. Also another young man's sport, like, like downhill. But I think Greg's uh, longevity, how, you remember how you were like, were taught in the early 2000s and mid 2000s is like, you go like 90% and, and cause you can't go 95 or hundred cause then you're going to mess up your run. I think Greg's one of those few guys that when everyone had to start riding at 100% and 110%, um, Greg was still always riding like a little bit within himself. So he's able to up the pace but still not push himself to 100%. So he, so he, as the speeds increase, like you said, um, each year, he has able to go a little bit quicker because maybe now he's riding at like 98%. And the other guys are going at 105%. Um, I think Greg is so powerful, the whole package. Um, so he has the ability to step it up whenever he needs to. I mean, he is one of the guys that, if you look at his speed from time training to quality to race, he really does go up, you know. Um, so so I think for sure, based on last year, 100% Greg will be in that top five scenario um, and competitive and on the podiums a lot. And has and have race wins in him, you know. Yeah. So w with him doing it for so long, um, uh, he often starts a season a little slower because I don't think he wants to go. Cause so so going to a race is is there's energy you put in. Um, it's kind of stressful. So these youngsters are, are so you know they just want to race, race, race. Greg's raced so much. So I think he can come into a season and have the first race that he's done that season. You know, on the clock can be a World Cup. He's that experienced to tick those boxes. Some guys need um, races and stuff like that. But now it's like June, he's been riding in Andorra. So I think he's in a pretty good good place. But it's a key thing you've said, that the pace to, to step it up. I think he's, he's really a tactician uh, with how he builds a race week. 
And that way, I think he's really good at finding the exact section on the course which he will go 100%, or he's prepared to now go 100% because he needs to. And then he's got those other sections where he goes, you know what, this is my pace, I can get through here. And then obviously any section where there's power or fitness, he, he's basically the best. I was really impressed that Lloyd could stay with him on that pedal at Portugal because I just saw his road riding well, and Loic, the power. And he the showed me his calm and I was like, that's going to be tough to match. But but Lloyd can. You were saying? Lloyd had the button. Okay. So you think the button helped with a little bit of his speed there or carrying speed? All, I did see that. It took was a, all it took was a little bit. So that button, placebo or not, uh, that race was won, you know, by little bits. And that's everybody helps and um, fair play for them thinking about that. Um, yeah. Huge question mark then. Um, yeah, we could you could speak for days and, and say why Greg's as good as he is or whatever, but he just, he just is. He's just born with it. He's still motivated. He's got a great work-life balance. Uh, he gets paid. So, so I he wasn't... probably gets paid a small fortune, so that does also help with motivation. What were you going to say? Gonna get, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to claim his win in um, Lusa. You're going to claim? Okay, so does he know about no... this? You weren't even there. He does. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> Here we go. Okay. So I watched I watched Vital Raw um, after I don't know if it was quali or trading. Maybe it was race. Maybe it was quali, or maybe I don't know. Either way, there was one turn when you exited. You exited that some section. You had to make a right hander, and you could either go high right on the bench or low low wide on the to the left on the around the berm, and um, I said, Greg, what are you doing? Like, you need to go high, high right, and go inside. And and he's like, No, I feel like I'm going carrying too much speed that I won't be able to hold it inside. Um, and I'm like, No, you're definitely losing like a quarter of a second there. You need to go. And this is like just direct message on Instagram or, or WhatsApp. And then and then on the on the live footage of his race run, I was like, I was wondering what he would do because he was saying, No, nah, it's too risky to going coming in at that speed. You have you know. Um, the exit was clearly faster, but he thought the risk coming in that speed was too fast. And then in his race run, he took the line I suggested, and um, he won. Is so you so he did that both races, the one he won and the one he got pipped. Uh, I just care about the one that I helped him win on. That was the <laughs> okay, race. So he you, took my line. So you've heard it here. I'll uh, we'll have to see if Greg agrees with that or will give you the credit you deserve. I, I got I got the proof, so we can, uh, we can find it. We can find the check. We can find it and put it up. All right. Yeah, we will. I will. I'm going to put two question marks for the next two riders. No, we'll have to have three here, four. Okay, there's way too many question marks. Okay, scrap that thought. Let's run through. Troy, only one podium in 2020, which we're not used to, right? Mm. And then Gwyn, not a lot of great prep. So let's speak to those two because they, you know, basically always used to be on the podium. But Troy, we've spoken about it before. Can he find that extra little bit of pace to win a race again? He is a World Cup race yeah. winner. He has one of the craziest yeah, yeah. podium uh, percentage strike rates that anyone has had and will have. Can he just yeah. turn that up a notch now? Now it must be just getting to him. Yeah, I mean, last year was, like you said, it, 
it's hard to base anyone's form on last year because it was such a yeah a weird season. Um, and the races that did happen had weather and they were doubles, not they were like one events, not so to, we didn't really have four races in the World Cup last year. So I wouldn't be concerned about Troy. I reckon he and he also probably saw okay, Deprella stepped up, you know. And then there were a lot of missing names, you know. Amri wasn't wasn't racing, so for him to be that far back with a couple of the top guys not racing would have got to him. Um, and he was suspiciously quiet on social media, I would say, this year compared to normal. Um, and I think he just put his head down and he's going to come out swinging. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say, we haven't really seen much or heard much, but Troy is one of those guys that doesn't really need to do that much talking. His riding shines through. Uh, and your point that 2020 is hard to gauge this it's obviously easy to go okay the guys that won are going to carry momentum and then the guys that didn't it's really easy for them to just say but that was a wash of a season and then help their confidence it's almost like a diluted version of confidence you're like nah it wasn't a season to think about i.e Gwyn couldn't get over early enough didn't suit him all the wet races he started finding his form at the end are we going to see the the Gwyn of old 2021 um i I think it'll be hard for anyone to dominate um as as much as he did um when when he when he was having those wins so many wins in a row and and in a season um just as soon as that happens everybody works that much harder and uh, yeah i guess it will happen again someone will will you know win a lot but then everyone will like do everything to, to get him down so so I don't think there can be a Gwyn of the past, um, but not because of Gwyn, just because everyone else has stepped up. But yes, I do think Gwyn will win a race again for sure. Yeah, it's it's almost like the double-edged sword of the performances he put in motivated his competition. Um, yeah, And for it sure. was just like the perfect storm when he came in, um, the bikes he was on, the courses, all those sort of things re- really helped him. Um, and And... I'm sure he's sick and tired of it, especially if he hears this. He'll be sick and tired of hearing, oh, we're going to see the Gwyn of old. It's like, it's not that simple. It's not that he kept saying, it's not that easy to win these races. A lot is going into this. So, yeah. um, but I do think you start getting tired and then he might use it as, as motivation. I mean, I, I, I do think we're going to see a pretty switched on Gwyn. The season, if it's somewhat drier, uh, he's had good prep. He's now should be used to that bike by now. Sometimes it takes people longer to transition to new bikes. So yeah, I, I think he'll he'll come out swinging. But it's tough to see like a dominant performance, like like he did. And then um, I uh, called Danny, got to chat to Danny. I think last year was also a tough season with that move away from the team at getting announced kind of before the end. It's so difficult to block that out. There must have been a lot going around in the background for him mentally. So he's got new bike, new team, kind of new start. Uh, he's got a mullet bike, which is good for him. He's short. Um, I yeah. think he's quite anxious. He's like, yeah, you know, I hope I can get over last year. Uh, and I said, but surely that stuff that was going on affected you. And he didn't really want to admit to it. But we all know that it, it's very tough when, when all that sort of admin and, and needing to find a new ride is going on while you're trying to race a season. Yeah, yeah. Um, Danny doesn't give a fuck what anybody else thinks about him, um, which is great. So he does things his way, um, and he and he's found a, a winning way. And uh, I, yeah, it'd be interesting. You know, we haven't seen 
well, it's also a new bike for Cube, so it's hard to to speculate if it's a winning bike um, or if it just needs the package and Danny's the package. So, yeah, I look forward to seeing that. Yeah, that'll be good. And and um, he's done decent enough at Leogang. It's not a bad place to start. You've got Valdesol. He's got lots of tracks he can do well. And I think some of the most exciting news or riders to watch or the rider to watch is Perron. We missed a whole season. He's back from pretty horrendous injury. So um, he's out testing a lot. I think he's got used to the new suspension, it seems, that that for him is key. He also mentioned he's going to be on a mullet bike. So, yeah, it's going to be a big question mark there. Yeah, and, and they're doing... Uh, obviously, they've also got something new in the suspension department. So, yeah, new um, they're on a new Fox versus RockShox. But it looks like Fox have something new with all the, the hidden pitches of those common cell bikes or, or new hidden layup of the frame. So there's even an additional new thing that we haven't seen last year from Fox or common cell that, that they're keeping hidden. But what talking about Omri and then talking about um, Loic just getting injured last year and also Greg who doesn't really do non-World Cup races or he doesn't really try hard at non-World Cup races you know you'll see him getting you know out of the top 10 in non-World Cup races I always wonder like how do those guys raise when the stakes are so high of getting injured for the World Cup which is what they pay to do how do they like go so hard and with so much risk at these pre-season races like we saw Omri just killing it killing it and then he has that massive crash and he's out for the whole season um and you see now Loic broke his foot at a at a smaller race um what do you think about that like that you need to do race I think you definitely need to do races before you come to the World Cup having the World Cup as your first downhill race is probably not the best start of the season I I think but like some of those French guys and they just go it's like it's world champs in France and it's just a local French, you know. That is why they so many of them are performing in that top 10 scenario, um, you know. But, like, how do you motivate yourself to ride that hot on a gnarly track in gnarly conditions? Um, like, Brooke was going clappers this weekend. He got third. But I saw his back wheel stepping out like old Brooke. And I'm like, dude, why? Like, why? <laughs> you could ruin your whole season at a local yeah. race in Italy, you know? Well, in, in hindsight, Loic's going to be kicking himself. Because now in hindsight, you've now injured yourself at a race that doesn't mean shit. But to him, it means something. So the psychology there is, is Greg... Greg needs the big races to up his game. Yeah. Greg needs yeah. the big races to go, hey, this means something. Get off your ass and go. But he, but also, some of it is like he's willing to not win it. He doesn't have to prove anything. So he's there for a reason. Depends what you're there for. You're either in a, at a preseason race to get time on your bike, to go through the motions, and the result is secondary. Or the unfortunate catch is these guys are all French, Right. I had it as well. So I'd go to a preseason race in South Africa, and guess what? All the youngsters that see my factory ride are gunning for me. So it's their world yeah, champ. Sure. So I either make a decision and say, cool, you, you, you might have this one. I've just had a training block. My legs are pretty wrecked. I'm just going to get some bike time. I'm going to get you know under the clock. My race starts in April, the World Cups. I'm willing to forget about this one. The challenge with those French guys is... They're all probably competitive. So it's like, 
if Lloyd doesn't step up, he's going to get eighth. If Amory doesn't mm. step up, he's going to get ninth. Everyone's talking, and, and, and those are French teams. So, hey, I can smoke the guy at a, at a French Cup. I'm faster than Loic. Well, let's see when the big boys go play at a World Cup. So there's that thing that you've got to be aware. And I think with experience, you start picking which races that you need a race. Some guys do. I agree with that. So you, I, we used to go to those um, pre-races in Port Angeles. And I would literally qualify like 12. I mean, I was depressed. I was in the hotel room going, I'm screwed for this World Cup season. I'm abs- I got, just got 12th. Greg probably got 15th, but he didn't care. He just came out the next day, got 8th. He didn't care. And I was willing yeah. to go, okay, you've got to be aware. Okay, it's a pre-race. You know, but there's like a mental switch that happens at a World Cup for the top guys. You're like, I'm at a World Cup. The pace is different. The preparation is different. So, yeah, it, it's such a double-edged sword. And I, and, I, and I think in hindsight, these guys are realizing now you've got Amri has done it and now Loic has done it. Those races mean something, but they don't mean something. So it's a super fine line on, on what you're willing to what you're willing to do and why you're there. I think going through your preparations, your food, your your warm-up, your your pre-race warm-up, your your rituals like you with your goggles and gloves and the beeps and then doing a race run, full runs, non-stoppers, I think I think that's what you gain out of it. But man, just just watching these guys on this track, it was a brilliant track in in um up in Viola, um St. Gris. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking, man, there's there's lots to to risk in downhill, you know. Yeah, but it's a psych- psychology game. A lot of riders just want to go fast. Brooke just wants to go fast. That's what he does. That's great, yeah. and it helps with his confidence. But then, let's be aware that there might be a local that knows the track better than you. Let's be aware that there's a local that's even willing to risk more. So you you, you need to be really reflective in your result there. And like you say, cool. I'm here to do a process. I'm going to plan a race run. I'm going to go pretty hard, but I'm okay with the result. But each to their own, Sven, it's, that is literally the toughest thing is downhills, where to build your confidence from. And clearly Greg doesn't do it from pre-races. He does it yeah. from all his experience. So, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. But Piron, I think, yeah, that's – yeah, he's – I mean, they're all a question mark. It's, it's – Sven, we've been going like 50 minutes – We've had a bunch of riders, <laughs> oh, yeah. and I've got a long list of riders of some dark horses that can get on the podium. Uh, Angle Suarez, he's healthy. He did top 10 at each round, so does that mean he's got momentum? Dakota, he's had some top 10s, a podium. i got to say, Angel, Angel, I wouldn't say surprised me. No, yeah, he actually did surprise me. I didn't think, you know, and and that that's maybe why he did his own thing. I, I saw him as the B rider that would get a good solid result and get the team points up. And he proved that he's, he's an A rider and when you can be in the top 10 regularly, um, that would have, when he saw that he's a top 10 rider, that would have fueled his off season. So, um, well, well played to him last year. And, and I think he's going to be in that top 10 scenario. Yeah. Next year again. Yeah, and, and we didn't all know about the shoulder injuries that he's just been going through. So I think he deserves um, a really big mention here. Uh, Dakota deserves a mention. He got a podium in 2020. Um, he's, he, you know, he goes about his business. Um, so that's pretty cool. Then before well, I get, before I get to another long list of riders, 
Bernard Kerr, I'm hearing it could be his last year. Is he more motivated? Is his last year? And and some riders are saying he's riding ridiculously quick. So does he find some of that old form when he was jump, banging on the podium at Leo Gang, things like that? Is he like a real dark horse? I wouldn't say he's a dark horse, but he he would be happy to like get a a win or a podium. He hasn't had a World Cup win. He's had some podiums, but he'd happy. And then he would like literally just have a laugh the rest of the year because he, he doesn't care about the overall and that kind of stuff at all. Um, and he's frustratingly good. When I say frustratingly good is because in a sense, him and uh, Brendan are, are, are similar where they have so much innate skill that you knew if they did the same work as as Omri and Greg and Loic, they would also always be in the top 10 and be on the mm. podium a lot more I'm not saying they don't do work but they yeah, but if they were like single-mindedly they, focused focusing on just yeah, and, winning races and is and is that and is that what life's about they who's having a fuller life you know like those guys are clearly loving and living life and and the, they're with the future of how important and how you know part of being a professional these days as tani spoke about your so folks sorry we, we got cut off me and sven are back um we were speaking about Bernard, so um, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to see. He has him and Brendan have a lot of talent, and I think they frustrate riders even more than they frustrate us. But each to their own, you know. We some of us wish they would focus on one thing, but then you don't get all the other fun. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see. But man, we have been going at it, and we've still got a few riders because we can't not speak about Brooke. We touched on Laurie. We've got G Atherton. If anything is to be said about those edits, could he come back and rack off some podiums, G. Atherton? Um, I always think he can because, you know, he's in the era of Manar and, and, and Hill. Um, it's just, it's, it's that, that speed that you spoke about that Greg was able to stick up, you know, maintain. Um and G had had a couple of big hits, and 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 was his processing as quick? You know, you're, you know, when you're F one driver or uh, F or a fighter pilot, you know, age determines your reaction speed. If you're a rally driver, you know, um, so can he process as as quick as he needs to 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 win, or is that why he's doing these big massive edits? Because he is clearly still an amazing, one of the best riders of all time and one of the craziest and ballsiest. Um, but can he win a race? I'm not sure if he's, he can, but I, can he be back on a podium? I for sure think he can. Um, but, we, you know, all these people we think can be on the podium. We're talking about 20 people here. So it's, yeah, it's we, this, this, <laughs> the prediction we're, we're, of Leo Gang is going to be tough. I mean, yeah, we're going, yeah. there's 20-odd riders that are just, I mean, there's so many more. We might miss one or two, and that's no disrespect. This. There's lots of guys that can fire off podiums. There's probably 30, 40 guys that actually on a given day can get a podium. Um, yeah, geez, I it's, think... the same, it's the same question coming in. Is the, the scar tissue of the crashes, the scar tissue of a long career that he's had pushing the limits, is that kind of piling up? Versus Greg's had less scar tissue. Um, he's probably hit the ground a lot, but in, in different ways. So, yeah, those edits, he clearly loves to still push the limits. Um, and sometimes you want him to just calm it down and focus on racing, which he is. He's got back with Alan Milway, so we all know physically he's good. But maybe sometime 
away from the race races, less racing in 2020 re-motivates him, less distractions, the bike park's kind of going, the bike's kind of more developed. So yeah, that'll 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 be definitely interesting. And then Brooke, Brooke McDonald, he's had more time, like you said, he was pushing hard. He I think he was out of energy last year to, to just come back and into a race. I mean, we saw the emotion at the crankworks round. Then he got through World Champs. He did the, the first World Cup and decided to go home because of the quarantine. And he just said flat out he's out of energy. It was mentally so draining to get back. Yeah, what, what he did last year was phenomenal. And this year he's just carried it on. So that that progression where he took a year to literally be able to walk properly and ride a bike, yet somehow he still competed. So you can think when he was almost at being rehabbed, which he wasn't quite... He's had another year to rehab an almost 100% body, and, and he still has a few issues, um, and uh, stability and upstroke a pedal and that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, so I think Brooke will slot into where he was in 2019, um, and I've ridden with him in Nelson um, a couple of weeks ago, and then watching him race last weekend. He doesn't do anything in half measures, and, uh, yeah. And and he's and he has not um, he's not eased off the throttle in sketchy sec- sections because of his crash and, and that's always the biggest thing is you know mentally after an injury like that and, and that's not scarred him in that way. No, no, definitely not. So I mean, it's we can't not speak about broken. Unfortunately, the injury does come up. And I'm sure he's at the point now that he wants to put that behind him and and just get judged on his race results, which I think this year will be that year he can can do that um, and then uh, speaking of injuries Charlie Harrison has had some seasons derailed now and we don't hope it's not touch wood going to be an ongoing theme but he is definitely my well Dark Horse is not fair because he's proved podium so I don't mean it I just mean he wasn't there because of an injury at World so he missed the World Cup season but I'm also a pretty big fanboy. I think I like his riding style um He's clinical, just focus on one thing, get in, get in race results. I think, I think Charlie Harrison could have a big year. I think, um, I think Trek could have a clean sweep of the podium, and I think it will happen this year. I think we'll see Charlie, Reese, and Loris on the podium all together at least one race this year. Yeah, it's almost like what Syndicate was able to do, pop all their riders on the podium. Yeah. Did Luca and Loris, they never podium together? I have not looked up those stats, and we haven't spoken about Luca. Speaking of that, he's also on the on the list, of course. Uh, so yeah, well, well technically, uh, Cade's going to be there as well. So if Cade can pull finger, imagine they have well, four, Cade, four on the podium. Cade will get the most shots on the slideshow and the most shots in the vital roars, but the other boys will get the most medals. Yeah, so Kate, but those those boys, I think in World Cup, I was riding with them at, at Darkfest, and uh, you know they they were just like, mm, no, I shouldn't be falling off. Got the World Cup, and then next thing, I just see Kate flying through the air, tumbling like from 60, the sky <laughs> for like a sixty foot double that he's uh, tried to flat spin or flip and buzz the tire, and I'm just he's literally just lawn darting through the air, and then I saw, funny, you'll love this. So there was. The last Sunday was crazy at Darkfest. There was the 100-foot front flip. There was double back flips. 
on, on the rocket launcher, which is the biggest jump there. Technically, the 90s say long, but then the rocket launcher, all the riders are like, this is insane. Double flip. But anyway, we all packed up, and I'm driving down to see see the guys and go to the house, and Cade's on the minibike. <laughs> no helmet. I heard and he had a big one. He comes out of a turn, and he just, the foot peg smashes a rock, and he just slow motions over the bars, and and I'm watching this, and his face, side of his face and shoulder hit the ground first, to the point that they like get stuck in the ground, and then that catapults his feet up straight into the air, so just a full-on scorpion, he like teeter-totters, and then goes over. And I'm just looking at this, I'm like, classic. The event's over, they've made it through unscathed, it's the classic idiot youngster syndrome, so that was pretty yeah. funny, but um, yeah, we go play to you topic. for. Fair play to you for hitting all those monster jumps, man. Jeez. Yeah, I, Still I, got mean, it. I think it's credit Still to it. the guys that, that build. Um, yeah, I was getting... I'll be honest, though. I'm not, I mean, I'm not here to toot my own horn. I didn't I didn't feel like doing the 90-footer. And that's what's interesting with Greg. Like, I eventually get to the point that ah, it's not worth the risk. Even though everyone was like, the rocket launcher is more horrible. I'm like, I know, but I've been over the rocket launcher. I've done it last year, so I'm doing it again. And... Yeah, cool event. Props to the guys that build. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the downhillers would would hit those things. I think they're used to speed. They they're used to judging things. So yeah, it's a cool event. But off topic, Charlie Harrison. I think he could be quite a danger man, and I think the trek trek team will be will be strong this this year. Um, someone that didn't get to race was Dean Lucas. Um, I think he's got a pretty pretty good attitude towards racing. He went a bit mad in lockdown, but pretty positive about going mad. Um, <laughs> he has been on the podium before, so can a guy like that get re-energized missing a whole year? So that'll be interesting to see. I, I, I think we'll see him consistently up there. And yeah. I think he's pretty motivated to take this new sort of carefree attitude of it is what it is. I've done all my work. You know, the yeah, he's still, I mean, he's, I mean, you, you look at him and, and you can see he's, doing a lot of work behind the scenes like you know it, it, when your shirt's off he's chiseled he's muscular he's he's you know you got a man it, crush on Dean well not not since his haircut no <laughs> his basic bowl cut so he wants to take that bowl cut to the podium I, I bet he does I think okay well uh, Dean you better be listening to this because we're both podcasters, so I listen to your stuff, you listen to mine, I hope. Um, yo, why don't you keep that crazy, crappy bowl cut till you get on the get on the podium this year? We're going to call it out there. So listeners, DM, DM Dean, say you heard it on the Moving the Needle podcast and, and the bet's on. Australians and Kiwis have the worst haircuts. <laughs> well, freaking Wind Masters doesn't even cut his hair. Well... Eddie, well, you know, you got to win an Eddie, so yin and yang. Well, Eddie doesn't have hair, so he, he yeah. luckily gets away from that. Yo, yeah, we didn't even speak about I mean, there's so, there's a million. So if names weren't brought up, it's not because we judge anything. There's just so many, and we can only ramble on for so long. And and there's a chance you missed the whole discussion about um, Omri and stuff. Like, we, you're going to have to see Andrew once this is saved if we've. Uh, Missed anyone? No, no. Um, we 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 all we're all good. 
definitely chat about Amri. Yeah, I mean, no, no, I mean, you're rec- you're recording. You're that, um, you'll have to edit this out now. That the glitch. No, you didn't help my edit team, my friend. We're all good. There's the, the internet has its glitches. I'm I'm pretty yep. I'm pretty confident we're good. So um, um, there are many more. What we can do is we can come back I'm if gonna you call... want to speak about any. But we got to. Well, I'm going to through... I'm going to call Finn. I messaged him and I said, "Dude, you need to slow down now. You've oh, already shucks. up to speed." That's and the one Deprella. I had. That's the Finn I had. Finn and Deprella and then Remy Teron. So. Exactly. Next crop podiums in 2020. Yeah, we've been having so much fun. Deprella, Finn Isles, think... we can stay on his bike. And Remy Teron back on form. A lot of the races were wet. Remy does, we all know, the harder, more technical Remy Teron shines. And, and, and new team, new bike. So we'll see if he can get better mm. results on a new bike than on, on the common cell, which, which everyone knows it does get. Can can win races. Yeah, well, true. Tell the listeners if they haven't followed where he's where he's moved to. So he's moved on to the Giant Factory Off Road Racing Team, and it's got a huge good pedigree. Riders like yourself, Marcelo, Danny Hart. Um, so it is a winning bike, and it's obviously evolved and got better. And uh, and Remy, I would, it's hard to imagine Remy not in a common cell and not part of that family, but then also. You know complacency and like you said like change is good and and he's been in such a happy place for so long maybe being on a new team and having the team focusing on him um i think that can only can only benefit him really and he can still go get a crep and and a crep and some nutella from the common cell pits when he wants yeah, it'll be interesting so he's moving away from a, a french owned and, and, and run team which was probably helped it was pretty comfortable for him but also he was just in the shadow shadow of Amory shadow of Miriam went about his business so we'll see if he pokes his head out as a lead rider what those expectations are like if he feels any but um, yeah I think it'll be a positive change there's nothing that team's professional they get on with their business they want to do well that's cool that they've changed it up got a new rider in there so so that'll be pretty cool um, and then speaking of Remy leaving, that then leaves more space for Deprella, who came out and, and just not shocked us, impressed us. You know, he, he, he was riding really well last year. So what does it look like now when he's expected to do well because he's done well? That's always super I think interesting to see. Now, Deprella is going to be top threes this year, not just fourths and fifths. I think he will be... On that podium, quite a bit. Well, you heard it yet. So he, don't give he, us our just, game predictions yet. He, he's just got he's just got a little bit of that. Nico Vio mentored him. Um, Nico's good friends with his father. His father sponsored Nico's part of Nico's rally career. Oh, that's um, awesome! Yeah. So, so Deprella, uh, you, you know, um, I'm not going to say he's like the boring French rider because he's not but he is like he's you know as a junior he took racing too seriously you know he had his temper tantrums he um we all saw that but you know that's just maturity and as he ages he's already he's already a a racer and as his first year elite for a junior to already be a consistent racer very few people make that leap, you know. Loic been one of them, um, Loris yeah, and and Luca, and Luca. 
So when you when you've been talked in Loris Luca Loic, you've been talked in those amongst those people coming out of juniors. Um, yeah, I think he's gonna have a, a good long career. Yeah, that was impressive, eh? Like consistency, delivering on good qualities, backing that up. Yeah, he's got that race head, and and as you said, I think there's a bit more maturity. He's, he's around the other guys, and he sees how to act, how to how to not. So yeah, that'll be awesome. And then uh, before we move to the ladies, because don't you worry, we haven't forgotten about them. That's going to be a great, great season as well. Um, we've got yeah, Luca and Finn. Finn, we know, has the speed. Finn, we know, has the cockiness. Finn, we know, has the confidence. Are we going to see him now just mature and stay on the bike more and maybe take a seventh when he's not actually up to speed or the course doesn't suit him? And then fire off a win, fire off more podiums. We just need to see a bit of consistency with Finn, and I'm sure he wants to um, and can. He'll he'll be good at Leo going, especially. He'll start off good. I'm I'm sure of it. Mm. And and Luca, that's a big question mark for me. Um, now Loris has moved, so it's just Luca and Greg on that team. And and honestly, being Greg, I don't think he's the easiest teammate to be with because he's always basically going to perform. You know, so yeah. What does it do with Loris not being there now? It's just a two-man team. There's so many unknowns there, and and you're riding. You can you can learn from Greg, but you also learn as much as you can, and then you're gonna go out and he's just always gonna be there. So that is that is that is a challenge, and he just hasn't had the season and the speed he's had like the last so two years ago where he was doing all good with those qualities and stuff. So maybe there's some new motivation there. Uh, and and we see something from Luca. I think I think Greg can be a better teammate with Luca now than he maybe was with Loris and Luca at his heels. Um, he can really truly be a teammate to Luca, where maybe he was being a bit more defensive when he saw Loris and Luca suddenly coming out, qualifying, and getting podiums ahead of him. Maybe Greg's sort of established himself again as the alpha male on the team, and he would help Luca versus been threatened by Loris, if that makes sense to you? Yeah, definitely. And, and I'm not talking down on anything. I think naturally, like like what you spoke about happens. And then also, if you just literally getting beat by the guy the whole time, and, and the sport's a little different to motocross. I know when me and Danny were teammates, we spoke about it, and Danny came from motocross, and his dad taught him, you beat your teammate first. Like, that's what you do. You know, this is motocross is, is kind of like that. If you can beat someone on the same bike, you secure your ride and stuff like that. But mountain bike's a bit different, you know. We try have more of like a team environment. But you're right. Maybe with Loris gone, they, they can they can really embrace embrace things, help each other. Like when PD was on board, etc., like that. But yeah, I think I think Luca will 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 get back to to the the speed he had. And he also had some injuries as well. So let's not forget that. Some riders take longer to get back from injuries and confidence, so there, there's there's no hiding from that. Well, we have gone through a lot of riders, and we haven't mentioned everyone. We haven't mentioned everyone that can get on a podium, so it's going to be a crazy season. But before we get to predicting, say quickly what we feel is going to happen at Leo Gang the first round, the ladies, we had a Titanic season last year even though we only had four races and marine cabaru had a dominant performance i mean she won two got second at two so i mean pretty much stamped her authority on that season 
Yeah. Um, also coming into the season as the least injured or least recovering from injury, um, mm-hmm. not taking any away, anything away from her performance. But um, I think we... Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's just going to be... Even with um, Tracy and, and Rachel missing, I think Marine and, and Pom Pom and Tane are going to be the three battling for the wins. But then there's a bunch of other deserving podiums. But I think it's going to be interesting. Those three are going to be trading wins um, all season long, I think. I think if one of the others gets a win, that's going to be amazing because that means they've done their work and they've stepped up into that what used to be, you know, the, the top five of Tracy and, and Rachel. Yeah. The other three, all the all the other girls used to like take turns on the podium, if you know what I mean, the next sort of top five girls. But um, now because theoretically on paper there's two slots open if you take Pom Pom Marine and, and um, Tani off, there's theoretically – Two in two spots on the podium. So when you have that motivating, you know, spot where you know if you do a good run, you can you can end up on the podium at a at a, at a World Cup. That's super motivating. So, and there's a, there's a ton of girls that have you know obviously Nina Hawthorne is strong as it comes and and she's each year learning to be a better bike rider and racer because she's been probably riding bikes less than all the rest of them. So her progress has been quite amazing thus far. Um, and then, you know, Cami in, in the rainbow jersey, Veronica, who won Wittmann, that um, won the race this weekend, and Farina, there's just, yeah. But I think it's that motivating spot of all the others knowing if they have a good run, they can be on the podium. It doesn't mean they're going to get fourth or fifth. They could get first, second or third as well. So, But um, it's going to be interesting to see because Pom Pom's looking phenomenal. Tane is recovered, but it is now he's got a bit of a kink in it, like another sort of minor injury or tweak leading up to Liergang. So we'll see how she's she's dealt with that. And then Marine just looks like she hasn't had any issues. So Yeah, I mean, I think Marine will come in with the the momentum. That's for sure. You know, she, like you say, hasn't any kinks. But I, I do see it as a three-horse race. Tane being more healthy or healthy. Miriam definitely being healthy. I I think she could then technically be the favourite with, you know, her past pedigree. Um, But it's going to be interesting because Marine stepped up. She can see she can win. So with with not too many asterisks there. Uh, Nina, yeah, I've been been watching some of her riding. I I think she's really um, progressing and, and going out there. And you can see doing triples on these test tracks and, and all sorts of gap jumps and stuff. So I think ladies racing is in an awesome place. I think the ladies are embracing the skill side of it. Tane's being dragged out there with Chaos and Cade riding flat pedals, riding hardtails. I spoke to her about that. So it's not just like I'm going to go and I'm going to ride my downhill bike a bit and I'm going to be fit and I'm going to race. They're really embracing like all the skills aspect. But the, the sad thing is, they're, they're technically less races in the hunt, even though, like you say, there's a few new ones. But there's no Tracy, so she's retired. And then Rachel is um, expecting a baby, so she's out. So that's sad. But Valley Hall is in. So we spoke about these three riders, but we yeah. haven't spoken about Valley Hall, who's like, okay, well, there's a podium spot for me, but there might be more. 
I didn't forget about Valley. I wanted to save her for last. Um, she's your yeah. She's your your uh, pick probably for Leo gang. When we get to those. Yeah. Um, fuck. We need to restart this whole thing because I completely forgot about Valley. No, you don't. You can say that she, coming in, she's she's the she's the the junior. You know, coming up. Yeah, that's that that's the problem. I just kind of we talked about the woman. I quickly looked at the piece of paper and. And I, I have to admit, um, um, sorry, Vale, and uh, you're going to prove uh, that it was a bad omission. Um, last year, when I saw the track change of Leo Gang, I was like, I wonder if Vale, who's ridden this track for so long, and it kind of brought up in the bike park era, a lot of the German and Austrian riders ride very bike park and Swiss riders, but ride very bike parky tracks. So their black run, they're like, down your runs almost more like grade three or, or four or, instead of grade five or six, you know? Um, so I wonder how she'd cope with the natural changes to Leah gang. Um, oh my God. Like, um, she looked like she was 100% going to win that race. Um, she was so confident that she even tried the gap jump on the first, first run of the final day when none of the guys, like half the guys were going around it cause it was so slippery and you couldn't carry speed into it, but she was riding on so much confidence. Um, and like how you said about the girls having all these newfound new school skills of how you can position a bike, ride with flats and jib and, and drift and scandy and scrub. Um, she has all of that, you know, she has that, um, you know, she has that. So, so let's retake, forget everything I said. <laughs> let's as podcast listeners, as my witness, I think I just one up Sven for the first time on his knowledge. And that's a big thing because Sven is a real fan, fickler for the details. He's at all the races. But this is why we're doing it. It's a preview. We're getting reps in so we can do the bench racing series. Yeah, I think I think um I think uh, I, I know Valley's foot's not hundred hundred percent healed. And but I know she's just gone at the perfect. She'll be hundred percent Balega. I think she's going to start the season with a win, and I think she will be joining Marine, Pom Pom, and uh, Tane, trading wins the whole season long. In the, and then, and that, that's what I alluded to. It's actually potential four horse race. Yeah, it is. It is one hundred. Is one hundred percent a four horse race, and then hopefully one of the other girls that we are not including in that top four is going to prove us wrong and actually be up there all year long. See who's done the work. And that's what this this fun thing is. I hope I get message and say I can't believe you didn't mention me or you pissed me off. Great, I'm here to piss you off. I'm here to motivate you, and then you can send me some credit when you smoke everyone. Or Sven, so, so I'll send you some lines so, as well. So I'm shooting. I'm shooting photos for the Rock Shocks. Um, Trek team of which Vale is their their main rider or one of their main riders. Is that so the new I'm one like, that um, Ethan Chandra is yeah. on? Yes, so I might be fired um, before I even start because I forgot to mention Vale at the very beginning of our discussion of women's downhill. No, but we were going off 2020 results, Vale getting injured and moving up. So we're we're all good there. Yeah. We'll save it for you, Sven. But no, I'm not editing that out. That that blunders yeah. in there. But um, yeah, yeah. So she's Blanche, not... Let's let's see if she can use that race win at the World Champs, get her some momentum. She's got more support, so it'd be cool to see. She's definitely got a spot on the podium as well. Um, 
Um, there's, there's definitely a chance for her. So you've just started us off. You picking Valley Hall potentially for a win at Leo Gang. If we go, okay, cool. First race is Leo Gang. We've gone through all the scenarios for the season. Let's nail it down and have a few predictions. And also, I didn't really announce it, but I might in the outro, but it would be cool for us to build some sort of predictions. And we'll work on these predictions throughout the season. Um, so the listeners, you can you can agree, disagree. I want to know your predictions. But Sven's going with Valley Hall for Leo Gang, for the ladies? Yeah, I'm, I'm not really. I think me making predictions is detriment to my working relationship and my uh, with these with these athletes the rest of the year long. Okay, I'll do so, it. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna say one of those four girls we spoke about will win. Um, oh my, that's the safest no. money I've ever heard. No, let's just say let's just say um, because it's Leah Gang, and I wouldn't say she deserved to win last year because she didn't. She didn't get even race in the final, but it was a home race, and it was going to be her first <clears throat> elite race, and it was world champs. So shame the. The poor girl just had it all snatched away from her. So I'm going to say, because of that, I think Valet will take the win in Leo Gang. Well, as a, but, as a prequel, but I also but I but I also don't think she will because she won't risk it all in the first race because she's coming back. So she's just going to have a good run, and if she wins, she wins. But she's not going to attack for a win like the other three will. So, so it's a tough one. Okay, so for the interest of the listeners to be different. I'm going to help Sven out here. So we do know a lot of the riders. We all want them to do well. We're just observing from the outside. So we're not picking favorites, but I'm going to pick Tane then for Leo Gang because she has one there before. It's where she broke out. Hopefully mm-hmm. her injury is healed and she's motivated and she can put 2020 behind her. So I'll do that just for the interest of being different. Uh, but Marine will be strong. Marine will be strong, like you said. Any one of the four can win. But let's let for the ladies. We'll just go out on a limb and see who's going to be on the number one spot. And then let's move over to the men. Since you went first there, I'm going to have to go first here on the men, and I'm going to pick Loris Vergier. So we haven't really set any rules for us. Uh, it'd be well. Cool. Well, you can't. I'm, I'm unfortunately I'm going to pick him too. It's just. Oh, yeah, I know. Fair enough. All right, we'll do some um, off-air betting. So maybe me and Sven are going to kind of bet throughout the season. We'll see how we we rank that. And then um, you're going to pick two other riders. Let's do that. Just for the I'm going to pick some – I'm going to pick surprise – I'm going to just say – like who's going to be on the podium or who's going to be in the top three? Hmm. Doesn't matter. Like who's going to perform? Because if your pick gets ninth and my pick gets fourth, then I'm probably ahead of you. So both pick Loris. That's fine. That's pretty normal. Um, I was going to pick Loic, take... but not after his injuries. So I'm going to pick Greg as my other rider. Mm. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to pick uh, Laurie Greenland just because I saw how well he was going in Leo Gang. So I have no idea how he's going to do or if he just went skateboarding and surfing all, all winter. But just just so I'm not being boring, I'm going to and not being predictable by saying Almery or, or um, I'm just going to pick, yeah, Laurie up there. Okay, my uh, third one will be Gwyn. Ah, interesting. Um, so you got Gwyn and Greg. 
I'm going to put um, I'm going to put Armory. We had a bit of back and forth direct messages two days ago. I also want to, I want to pick so many <clears throat> riders. I want to pick them all. And I was I was trying to rile him up <clears throat> a little bit, and he was like, "No, bro." So and then he was like, "Okay." No more playing around. Hey, so, next time you DM <clears throat> telling me owes me a reply, I'm feeling pretty hurt. Uh, I want to get him on the podcast and I want to wish him luck. So maybe he didn't read my English DM or he's got too many uh, chicks sliding into his DM. I don't know if he has a girlfriend, but he clearly I got lost in many. translation there. Um, I think... Uh, it's tricky. Some of your DMs go get hidden. Um, I'm just trying to see what we spoke about. <clears throat> I was looking forward to um, having fun with Geordie. I said, are you going to take uh, Loris's spot and be the new feature in, in Geordie's banter back and forth? Um, but he's like, no, bro, we do everything in-house. We, we don't need Geordie. <clears throat> no, <clears throat> he didn't. He didn't. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, this um, Finn's dying over there. You are getting a bit old. Yeah, I feel old. Um, so, um, speaking of Amari and uh, that awesome title hunt that he had with Loic and he came out with a Jean Girard suit. So, I was um, listening to some motocross stuff and, you know, what they can do with the sport. And, and I think what you guys do with, with your media and, and uh, we've got a lot of characters out there. So, I think, uh, you know, it's awesome to see them come with like a Jean Girard suit and that's like NASCAR and he has like... Amory has this persona, Loic's the super broody, Greg's the goat. I, I think it's awesome that we get to see these riders without their helmets. Um, I've been traveling around trying to expose like what their home life's like and, and get to know them so that we have heroes because we can relate to those guys. We can't always relate yeah. to them getting down a hill as fast as they do. You know, I can't even do that anymore. I can't relate to that, but I can relate to Reese Wilson, plays golf in the off-season. Cool. That's fun. I like Reese a little bit more now. And I, I think there's so many characters for everyone at home to kind of get behind and and kind of uh, embrace yeah. it, you know? You know what? You know what's Because Reese, Reese gets mad and angry a lot. Like, you can even tell. Like, what, he even, like, gets mad in public online on social media. So you can imagine how mad he is right now because we just made three – we mentioned six people's names. Well, we both said Loris. That's five people's names for Leo Gang, and we didn't even put him up there. I mean, we spoke about him a lot, and he will be up there this year, but we didn't put him – we didn't mention him. Yeah, That's, but if if we get in trouble for our picks, we are in trouble with 99% of the riders. I want to pick them all, but, I, I yeah, I mean, you, I've got to go off last year's World Cup and past results at Leo Gang. Last year's World Cup, he, he qualified first at the very first World well, Cup, look, so we should be picking him first. I'm going to say... And he won Leo... Uh, wait, Spin. He won Leo game. Well, of course. Well, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I know. Okay, well, I'm, then I'm you can have a wild card. No, no, I'm not picking him because it will make him angry, eh? And yes. therefore he'll do better. Our pleasure, Reese. You better be listening so thank to these things as well. So, Reese, when you did well, it's because neither of us picked you because we knew... Reverse psychology, it will make you angry and do well. So, absolutely, welcome. I think that's an awesome way to wind this down, Finn. That was so good. Um, we're getting our reps in because you're going to the World Cup next week to shoot photos for a multitude of athletes, including the Crank Brothers ones. And we're going to lean on you, some riders as well. We want interaction from the listeners. 
What did you like? What did you not like? Who do you side with? I see all those direct messages. And if you can leave us a review, hey, because of your interaction, we've got Crank Brothers on board supporting the podcast. Because of that, we can bring you more cool content. So, Sven, thanks so much. That's If you hear that, that's my dog in the background. Tell you he thinks we're going for a walk now and I'm going to get off this podcast. So, Sven, you're Who awesome. let the dog out? Uh, not yet. Who let the dogs out? That was Ooh, dad yeah, joke. There we go. Brooke let the dogs out. <laughs> All right. Sven, yeah, have fun. We will chat offline. And uh, thanks to Uh, the listeners for all the support. Till the next one, post Leo Gang. You guys enjoy. Yep. Wow, that was good fun. Big shout out again to Sven for coming on the show. This episode was brought to you by Crank Brothers. Crank Brothers is synonymous with downhill racing. And last year, they celebrated 10 years in a row of the Elite World Champs titles on that Mallet DH pedal. They've also since launched a range of shoes. As I spoke about it, the interface with the pedals is amazing. So we are going to do wrap-ups of each race this series. I'll get Sven on again. I'll get some co-hosts. Shout out if you've got some ideas. And please leave a review, a rating. Share it with a friend if you enjoyed it. That goes so far. So thanks so much to you guys for downloading and participating. Thanks again to Sven. Guys, till the next one, stay well.